We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. And welcome to this Thursday edition of AFA at the Core. Fred Jackson sitting in for Walker today as we count down the last days of 2021. Hard to believe. You know, it just seems like yesterday we were celebrating New Year's and going into another year of pandemic-ism and uh, and the panic that uh, many feel has been caused for political reasons, not for scientific reasons. Uh why don't you stand by today? We're going to do a little bit of looking back over 2021, in particular, the whole pandemic story and where we are as we wrap up this year and what may happen in the new year to come, because there's been a lot of developments just in the last couple of weeks on that front. And a lot of people in the last 12 months, something has happened in this country. A lot of people are kind of questioning the agenda of the Biden administration, of the CDC, of the NIH, and Dr. Anthony Fauci, and where he has taken this country, a lot of people are starting to think, wait a minute, promises were made about vaccinations, promises made about boosters, and now that doesn't seem to be working. You told us, Joe Biden, you told us that you were going to end the pandemic and that you weren't going to shut down businesses and all those sorts of things. And now we've got 12 months behind us and we know that's not the case. So we're going to have one of our reporters, Chris Woodward from American Family News, come in and join us, who's been covering the pandemic story. And uh, I want you to stand by and be listening for that because folks, we want to kind of bring you to that point of how should we be thinking about this pandemic as we enter the new year. Now we know, we know the Lord is in control. But I tell you what, the Bible tells us, doesn't it, that in those last days, in the last days, there's going to be great deception that is going on. And I believe we are in those last days. Some people say, well, we've been in the last days for the last 2,000 years. But I think there's, if you read scripture and you read prophecy, I think we are getting to that point. Kind of widespread upheaval uh, lawbreakers, all of that sort of thing. And also, uh, if you listen to the programs on the weekend here at American Family Radio, we have one programming called Understanding the Times, Jan Markell out of Minneapolis. She looks at Bible prophecy and she has a saying over the last couple of months, you know, a lot of people say things are falling apart. And she says, according to biblical prophecy, things are falling into place. Very interesting. Perhaps we'll get a chance to talk about that. But you know what? There is there is a kingdom. There is a kingdom that's under God's control. And I like Colossians chapter 3. It says, since then, this is Apostle Paul, of course, writing under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So he says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated, present tense, at the right hand of God. 
Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And that's a great chapter. It goes on there. And uh, it says, put to death, therefore, whatever things belongs to earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Folks, we always have to have that as a backdrop as Christians. Yes, we are to be here as salt and light. We are to be here and to be be speaking out on these things. Uh, that's, That's what we're called to do, to be salt and light. But... At the same time, our hope is in Jesus Christ. We are to set our minds on these kingdom things, this kingdom that the Lord someday will come and he will rule and reign from Jerusalem. What exciting things the Bible prophecy gives us. But in the meantime, let's look at what's happening in the news today in the context of what Scripture says. Because you know what? We're living in a day and age where man thinks he's king. He's in the mode of rejecting the things of, the, of God, the things of the Word. And the Bible says the whole history, when you look at the history of mankind, when man has rebelled against God, we see this throughout the Old Testament, the nation of Israel, Judah, when they rebelled against God, evil came in. But you know what? God allows that to happen. He allows mankind to make these decisions. When they decide to rebel against God, there is upheaval. And that is an indication of the biblical truth that we have. So set our minds, set our minds on the things above, not on earthly things. We're here for a purpose right now. We're waiting for the Lord to return. And we are to be that salt and light and point people to Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people there today that don't have any hope because they've been relying on man, and we're seeing what that's giving us. And so as Christians, people ask, well, what's your source of hope? And we can say to them, my hope is in Jesus Christ, that what you're seeing going on, the chaos that's going on out there right now will not last. Jesus is coming. But then the next challenge is to those individuals who ask the question, what is the basis of our hope? We must ask them the question, are you ready for the return of Jesus? And the things that get, the thing that gets you ready for the return of Jesus is to accept him as your Savior. Accept him as what he did on Calvary's cross. He came to pay the price for our sin. But then he put He put to death the eternal consequences 
when we trust him as our personal Lord and Savior. We trust what he accomplished on Calvary's cross for him. We become a child of his. We are promised that eternal kingdom that is coming. That's why here in Colossians, again, chapter 3, verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And that's what we have to do. So we, it, it, so it almost sounds like a contradiction sometimes. We look, we are upset, we can get angry about what we are seeing out there. But at the same time, as Christians, we will look forward to that day of a, of a kingdom. Jesus, our king, coming. What you're seeing out there right now, folks, is not going to last. It's not. God promised that. In the midst of that chaos, Jesus says, that's when I'm going to come. The rapture of the church will take place. There'll be a seven year, seven years of tribulation. And then Jesus comes, sets up his kingdom. Satan is locked up for a thousand years. He's loosed for a little while after that thousand years. But then we have a new heaven and a new earth. That's exciting, folks. As Christians, our future is exciting. It is absolutely blocked, blocked full of hope. And that's where our hope should be. But in the meantime, you know, we're here. Just like the apostles, when Jesus went back to heaven, the apostles, they faced the real world. And that's what we're facing today. If you were listening a little bit earlier today on American Family News, we had a tremendous uh, pr- tremendous guest on uh, today's issues, Randy Sutton, chairman of the board of the Wounded Blue. He was talking about what our police officers are facing across the country today with, a, with prosecutors and a, a federal government that's turned very much against police officers. And with that in mind, when we got off that show today, I went back to the newsroom, and there is this breaking news. The deputy shot to death in Illinois, gunman at large. This, this uh, The dateline is Mills Shoals, Illinois. Authorities in two states are searching for a gunman who killed an eastern Illinois deputy early Wednesday and is suspected in a carjacking in neighbor Missouri a couple of hours later. The Wayne County Sheriff's Office said in a Facebook post that Deputy Sean Riley responded to a motorist assist call on Interstate 64 near Mill Shoals around 5 a.m. today. The second officer arrived at the scene found Riley dead. The deputy's squad car was later found abandoned on I-64. Search for the suspect extended to St. Peter's, Missouri, where police believe a man involved in a shooting and carjacking shortly after 7 a.m. this morning at a quick trip convenience store was the same person who killed the deputy. Folks, this kind of story is happening much too often in our country. I was just checking with some stats before going on the air. And there's close to 100 police officers this year who have died violently across the country. That's a result of a breakdown. It's a breakdown in law and order, a breakdown in respect for our police officers. This is the kind of thing that's happening. This is what's leading to a lot of the chaos. When we, what we have seen over the last year and a half, two years, in places like Minneapolis, in Seattle, and Portland. And we wonder why. We have prosecutors, you know, much is talked about the prosecution that's going on with the 
January 6th people in Washington, D.C. CNN and MSNBC focuses on that. You know, hundreds have been indicted in that case. Some have been kept in solitary confinement. If you listen to Sandy Rios in the morning, some have been kept in solitary confinement without even being charged yet. Some of them are going to be held until at least May. That's when their court date is. That's a year and a half after the incident. Now, I'm not excusing the behavior of some of those people, but some of them, 700 people? 700 people so far have been arrested or are being investigated. But when it comes to these riots in these other cities, it seems the police officers are the ones that are in the target for challenging this kind of thing. I found it very interesting today. I was reading some of the news laws that are going to take effect in California. <laughs> laws that restrict police officers, restrict police officers and what they can do. They include measures limiting police use of rubber bullets against protesters and providing a way to decertify what's called, AP calls, troubled officers. But at the same time, there are new laws taking effect next month in California, which ease criminal penalties. Easing criminal penalties, building on a decade of efforts to reduce mass incarceration, AP says. It's ending mandatory minimum prison or jail sentences. And it's expanding on the 2019 law that limited the use of the felony murder rule, which previously allowed accomplices in felonies to be convicted of murder if someone died, but now is restricted to people who intended to kill or directly participated in it. This is the kind of stuff that's going on out there, folks. This is the kind of stuff that we stand against here at American Family Association. Fighting this lawlessness and really what's behind it folks, is a worldview, a rebellion against a biblical worldview, instead relying on the wisdom of man. What does the Bible say about the wisdom of man? It is what? Foolishness in God's sight. Much more ahead here on AFA at the Core. Fred Jackson sitting in for Walker. A look back at more of the big stories of 2021 when we come back. Don't go away. Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. After Jesus resurrected their brother, Lazarus, Martha and Mary hosted a dinner party in their Bethany home. You can imagine the excitement and the buzz that swirled through the town and the number of people who came because the rabbi had returned. Martha busied herself with preparations. Mary sat at Jesus' feet, basking in his teaching. Life's demands can easily consume our focus, but one thing is necessary, that we remain at Jesus' feet, anchored in his word. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. You may have heard today's youth referred to as the snowflake generation. After years of parents being too quick to rescue their kids from the possibility of disappointment, emotional fragility, and taking offense have become the norm. As parents, it is essential to balance support and letting go. We must allow gravity to be our grit, stretching girls to go beyond their comfort zones and fail forward. We must provide opportunities for our girls to show responsibility and, as a result, accountability. What kids need is not a stress-free life, but the framework to treat stress well, as a stimulus for growth rather than a reason to buckle. As Christians, that framework begins in our understanding of our identity in the omniscient God who made us in His very image. Like what you've heard? Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Christians in China, they're crying out for the word. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Let me tell you about Hayo. He was an interrogator with the police department outside of Beijing, China. His job was to come down hard on pastors, jail them, beat them, humiliate them. But I can tell you, God had a different plan. He would go to the doorstep of one of the men that he had beaten, a man by the name of Katsu, and he would ask him, how are you at such peace when we were beating you severely? And so this man, Katsu, would open his door, open his Mandarin Bible, and lead this bitter atheist to faith in Christ. And would you know it, together, they've seen literally thousands and thousands come to Christ in that part of China. But in their house church movement of quite a few churches, there's only about one or two Bibles. Hey, listen, we want to be able to bless these Christians at Christmas so they can read for themselves the Christmas story. Would you do that at only $5 a Bible? You can do that by calling 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD. That's 800-YES-WORD. Or you can give at sendbiblesnow.org, sendbiblesnow.org. Giving a Bible to somebody is the greatest gift you can give somebody in life. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. And indeed, this is the Thursday edition, pardon me, Wednesday edition, <laughs> AFA at the Core. Yeah, we're, we're getting close enough to the end of the year. We don't need to rush it, do we? Uh, it's the Wednesday edition of AFA at the Core. Fred Jackson sitting in for Walker today. Uh, another couple of days and we'll be into a, a brand new year. But, uh, you know, right now, I, I think it's it's really kind of interesting to take a look back at what we were promised about a year ago when it comes to the pandemic. Uh, candidate Biden, then President-elect Biden, yeah, he, he was talking big time about what he was going to do with the pandemic. Uh, let's take a little walk down memory lane with uh, what President Biden was talking about with what he was going to do. Uh, have a listen, just to, as a reminder before we set off in this next segment. Cut nine. Together, not pull us apart. I'll put in place a plan to deal with this pandemic responsibly. I've already done it. I've said it before. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country, but I'm going to shut down the virus. Before. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. What I would say is I'm going to shut down the virus, not the country. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. Ah, yes. Now, politicians are known for making promises they don't keep. But that was a pretty big promise. I'm going to shut down the virus, but I won't shut down the economy. Joining me in the studio right now is uh, AFN's American Family News' is Chris Woodward. Chris, welcome. Thank you very much. Good to have you with us. Uh, 
promises kept? I don't think so. Yeah, this is the same Joe Biden that uh, said Donald Trump should resign for having so many COVID deaths on his watch. And right. under President Biden, we've had more cases and more COVID deaths. So whether or not he's going to resign, we'll, we'll see. I doubt he will. Uh, I know Sean Hannity talked about that uh, back end of November. Actually, we had the soundbite on today's issues, another show here on AFR, of uh, Joe Biden telling Donald Trump that he should resign. And uh, Hannity played that again at the end of November to say, well, you know, so should you, Joe, but uh, he hasn't left office yet. What has been done, uh, I think, over the last year, what has been demonstrated by Joe Biden since taking office in January is, uh, I would say, a very heavy hand of the federal government. Yes. Uh, and in particular, the mandates. Right. And where we are enforcing, basically uh, bringing into play um, mandates uh, that if you don't do it, you're going to get fired. I mean, these are matters before the court right now, and we, we can talk about that a little bit. But to the point that it's almost a gun to the head, unless you do what I tell you, President Biden says, with his little handyman, Anthony Fauci, mm. by his side, uh, then we're going to make your life miserable. Right. Yeah, it, regardless of whether you work for the public sector or the private sector, this president expects you to get a COVID shot or test negative as a condition of employment. As far as the public sector goes, uh, it's pretty much get the shot or you don't work here. When it comes to the private sector stuff, which is up in the air at the moment uh, due to legal challenges, the administration is offering people to get a to test negative on a regular basis in lieu of getting the shot. But a number of employers have complained about that because you're going to have to pay for that test as an employer. You're also going to be responsible for policing it. And employers have a lot of things going right now. They don't want to be, you know, the COVID test police on top of all the other things that they're having to do to make ends meet and keep a economy going. Yeah. So now uh, bring us up to date then on where we are with those mandates, because that affects literally hundreds of millions of Americans. It does. Yeah. The one um, that affects the private sector is the one that's really um, has everybody talking. It kind of has the national headlines at the moment. This administration back in September said we're going to require um, employers of large uh, private sector businesses uh, to get COVID shots or test negative on a regular basis That's as a, a condition. What, that, is that the 100 or more? Yes, the 100 okay. or more. Yeah. And the jury is out as to whether or not they may actually do it with small businesses. I'll mention that in just a second. But they want 80, you know, millions of people, private sector employ, uh, employers, uh, to require shots for their workers. That's the one that is uh, the Supreme Court has just said they're going to take up. Uh, arguments are scheduled for January 7th. And that may put the kibosh on the whole thing going forward. Um, it's been a very up or down kind of roller coaster situation these past few months. Uh, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, put a stay on the administration's mandate. The Sixth Circuit stepped in and said, okay, we're going to lift this while we prepare to hear arguments. And then the Supreme Court, just around Christmas, said, we're going to hear arguments on this uh, come January. And that is a case that affects American Family Association. AFA, Answers in Genesis, and Daystar Television are represented by First Liberty Institute. Um, a number of other news outlets and religious organizations are suing over this as well. Daily Wire, Ben Shapiro's uh, website. Um, one of the seminaries there in the Kentucky area. Uh, there's been a lot of Christian Employers Alliance. A lot of people are suing over the mandate saying this is not right. You don't have the constitutional rights to do this. You can't force us to violate the conscience of our employees. Actually, I have a bit of sound here. 
Uh, this is Attorney Jeremy Dice of First Liberty Institute uh, talking to AFN, saying the Biden mandate for the COVID shots is not legal. Clip seven. Everybody can debate about whether or not to get the vaccine, whether it's safe and effective. That's something we used to call freedom to allow people to make that decision on their own. What has been done here, though, is that the federal government has come out and more or less federalized the entire workforce and demanding that they follow their standards uh, when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccine. That's not the level of freedom that we've come to expect in our country today. Now, one of the things that makes this case even more interesting is the fact that Joe Biden has just recently said there is no federal, you know, oversight. There is no, it's not the federal government's responsibility to combat COVID. We're going to leave it to the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the same one president that criticized Tate Reeves, Governor Ron DeSantis, Greg Abbott, and other Republican governors for their, quote, Neanderthal thinking and what they were trying to do to combat COVID as governors. Well, let's explore that a little bit uh, because Joe Biden, when he announced this, what just was it late last week? Yes. When he made that statement, because he was in a Zoom meeting with uh, some governors, mm-hmm. and, and, and it shocked a lot of people uh, when he said, uh, you know, it's really going to be a, a, a state matter. And it, it shocked even the, the left is upset with him, and the right is saying, wait a minute, you brought down these mandates, you're going to court to enforce those mandates and yet you're saying, well, it's really, it's going to be up to the states. You know, it was really interesting. Uh, the governor of South Dakota, Christy Nome, right, was on Fox and Friends this morning, pointed out that if the federal government has no role, then why do we have these mandates? Cut number one. Yeah, it's interesting to me that the president is so bold in saying that there is no federal solution, yet continuing to impose mandates on the country. And the fact is, is that he doesn't have the authority to put these mandates in place. That's why South Dakota and many other states and governors and attorney generals have challenged the federal government on this authority in court. Uh, That will be heard here in January and will win. Will win because this president has taken unprecedented action to impose on the liberties and freedoms of the American people. And sometimes the only ones that are left to fight are the governors. All right. So let's ponder this thing. Mm-hmm. Joe Biden candidate says, I'm going to f- defeat the pandemic. We're eight or nine months into his presidency, 10 months into his presidency. He hasn't done that. No, that's obvious. That's not a political opinion. Uh, it's a that's, fact. that's that's just a fact. Here's my speculation. I'd like to get your reaction to it. I believe he knows that now the American people are blaming him mm-hmm. and what steps he has taken or hasn't taken. And now he wants to unload that blame on the states. We're coming up to an election in November of this coming year, which is fast approaching on us. As Christy Nome said, many people believe that Joe Biden's mandates will be defeated by the Supreme Court. So now he's trying to deflect things back to the states again, which he robbed power away from them. Yeah. It's almost like he's a you know former D.C. politician. Yeah, uh, He's done that. this for 50-some-odd years. Mm. Uh, yeah, he criticized Donald Trump heavily for not doing enough. You're yes. the president. It stops with you. You should stop this, that kind of thing. And now he's saying, okay, governors should be doing this. Uh, and I do think uh, part of the reason is because they see kind of the writing on the wall with the midterm elections. It, it looks like right now Democrats are going to lose some seats, maybe even majority of something uh, in the midterm elections. There's a lot that is going to happen between now and the midterm elections, and maybe that'll 
um, help Democrats come that election day. But right now it looks like things are not going very well. They're certainly not going well for Joe Biden's polling numbers. One issue people take with Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, is his response to COVID. Mm -hmm. He hasn't uh, done what he promised. Other people are concerned about things like inflation. One of the reasons we have inflation is because of the thing is because of the things that Joe Biden and Democrats and some Republicans agreed to in the way of COVID relief. When you print a bunch of money, when you pump a bunch of money out there, you're basically creating a situation that is going to cause inflation. You have more dollars, fewer goods, and that's caused higher prices. Um, because of COVID, we have fewer items on store shelves. It's one of the reasons why things are running in short supply. Cream cheese was a big issue. That was blamed on COVID. Candy canes. There's been a lot of things. Christmas trees, supposedly, were affected by COVID. And I don't know necessarily that that's just an excuse, but it does go back to the man who said he had a plan to combat it, that being Joe Biden. And as the last uh, 10 months have shown, where's that plan? It's not working. And that's one issue people have with him going forward. I, I tell you another thing that a lot of people are talking about, and, and I know hindsight is always twenty twenty, And, you know, uh, when Donald Trump was president of the United States, he reacted very quickly. We had the shutdown of flights coming from China, right. uh, you know, restrictions on nursing homes and all that sort of thing. But we have a much more knowledge about things now, Chris. Uh, it was very interesting. Just several days ago, uh, Congressman uh, Jim Jordan of Ohio, there was a House hearing on COVID response. Mm -hmm. And he talked with Dr. Marty Macquarie. I believe it is McCary. McCary. Mm -hmm. He's an epidemi epidemiologist at John Hopkins University, saying the CDC, Centers for Disease Control, and the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, are ignoring natural immunity. I want to listen to this clip. It's going to be cut for and then come back and discuss this whole matter of how come we are ignoring natural immunity. Cut four. 31,000 people spending $58 billion a year. Uh, why hasn't our government done a study on natural immunity? If I can be honest, uh, Representative Jordan, I don't think they want to know the answer. It would undermine the indiscriminate vaccine vaccination policy for every single human being, including extremely low risk so people. Other countries have done this study. Is that is that correct? Uh, most of our learnings come from Israel and other countries. Yes, sir. But uh, but our but our the scientists in our government at the at CDC and, and, and NIH, they don't account for that. They don't talk about that. They, what, what do they say about that study? They never talk about it um, unless asked, but I would say that they are doing worse than being absent on the topic. They are undermining natural immunity through two studies that the CDC did that are so flawed, that are so uh, poorly put together. Honestly, they would not qualify for a seventh grade science fair. All right. That was Dr. Marty McCary appearing before a House hearing on COVID response. Now, what he referred to off the bat was a, a headline that the U.S. spends $58 billion, not million, billion yearly on CDC, NIH, but there's been no study on natural immunity. Now, what are we talking about when we're talking about natural immunity? It's kind of something that God designed in right. our bodies. Uh, we have a mechanism to fight diseases. Mm -hmm. And what uh, Dr. Uh, uh, McCary is saying is, how come the with 58, a $58 billion a year budget, 
surely somebody could do a study on the impact that our natural immunity could have on COVID, but they refuse to discuss this. It's all about vaccination, all about shutdowns, all about mandates. Yeah, and I do agree with uh, the doctor here, who you know, who is from Johns Hopkins University. Not an easy school to get to, get into. Not a easy place to work at. You know, I mean, he he's earned his uh, right to be there uh, based on his background and the work he's put into it. He he knows a few things, and he's been on. Uh, Washington Watch with Tony Perkins on a number of occasions. Um, I do agree with him that it undermines what the government wants to do. And what the government wants to do is push what it calls the vaccine out there or the shot or the jab injection, whatever uh, somebody wants to call it. Um, And so when you promote or at least acknowledge that natural immunity is a thing and it might benefit some people, you're basically kind of ignoring what it is that you've been pushing on people, that being the vaccine. And no one in government wants to leave open the possibility that something other than government can be good or take care of you. Well, and and it goes to the point where I think Joe Biden was discussing last week. Well, you know, the states really are going to decide on this. I think here's here's what's going on. We have now gone through get the vaccine. Joe Biden, pandemic of the unvaccinated. Get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. So we get the vaccine. We get the second shot. Now we're into boosters. And guess what? We're getting more and more news that people that have had fully vaccinated, in other words, the two shots and the boosters, they're coming down with the latest yes. variant. Yeah. And people are saying there was uh, somebody on, uh, I think it was Bishop uh, Jackson's show yesterday, a nurse from Texas, saying she's at her hospital. The people are coming in. Hey, I'm testing positive for the latest variant. Mm-hmm. I've had both shots and I've had the booster. What's going on here? Know what she said to the patient? Call Dr. Fauci. (laughs) All right, listen, there's much more ahead here on uh, AFA at the core. Want to come back with you, Chris, because there's other big stories. Oh, sure. There's the economy. There's uh, Joe Biden's war on, uh, you know, what he calls, uh, what is it, climate change. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has a plan for that, too. He has a plan for that, too. Let's see how that's working. So much more on the big stories of 2021 when we come back here on AFA at the core. We'll be back right after the break. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White. Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. Hannah's Heart helps couples process infertility and miscarriage through a biblical lens. Join us Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. Find the podcast at AFR.net. 
came down to the ultrasound and I saw this little lima bean looking thing with a halo, which I thought was incredible. A baby wasn't really in the plan for this young mom. After seeing a halo on her baby on ultrasound at a preborn center, she was still leaning towards abortion. And I got to hear the heartbeat and I got chills. In that moment, I just felt God's arms come around me and hug me and tell me that it was going to be okay. Preborn centers are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in the country as they equip centers to save more babies and souls. To find out more, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. I choice to become a mom and hear those little footsteps running down the hallway every morning is all because I had an ultrasound. It saved my life and hers. Here's Pastor Alistair Begg from the American Family Studios documentary, The God Who Speaks. This book knows me. This book uncovers me. This book does things to me that no other book does. Why is it that people really don't want to read the Bible? Because it is living and active in a way that is almost unfathomable. That the Spirit of God, who has inspired the inscripturation of the Word of God, is active in the reading of this book and in the proclaiming of this book. We meet with God in His Word. He speaks. He doesn't speak new words to us. Now, the Holy Spirit illumines the words that He's already spoken. If we start to look beyond that for encounters with God, we will actually be taken away from the authority and the sufficiency of the Bible. Visit thegodwhospeaks.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. And indeed, welcome back to this Wednesday edition. Got to get the day right. Hey, 29th of December. Fred Jackson sitting in for a walker today uh, with me in studio. Chris Woodward of American Family News. We're talking about the major stories of 2021. Certainly the pandemic, Joe Biden's promise that he was going to get rid of that virus. That hasn't worked out too well uh, for the president. We know, we, uh, Chris, we're talking about the court cases that mm. are coming up. Uh, Supreme Court probably is going to have to make the decision on these various mandates. Now, the court decisions so far, correct me if I'm wrong, have dealt with basically the private sector. A lot of them have. There have been some that have dealt with... Um let's say private sector entities that maybe have contracts with the federal government. Right. It's a somewhat different situation. Um, Liberty council, for example, had a press release out that we had a federal judge, um, say that, uh, the government can't require people having contracts with the federal government to, um, to have shots. That was a, a federal court in Florida. Yes. Has sided with the state of Florida mm-hmm. on that matter of people who contract with the federal government. Cause Joe Biden said, that uh, if you contract with the federal government, you're going to have to make all those your employees. Right. And that one, back. that mandate actually kind of went into effect before the one that affects us as private sector workers. That one is actually not going into effect until January. Here's the one that, that, that really concerns me, and that has to do with our military. Because the Biden administration basically has said, military personnel, unless you get the vaccine... Now, it's allowing them to apply military personnel for religious exemptions. 
but I'm not aware of any of those religious exemptions being granted yet. Yeah, I can't say either. No. I know, I know that they're allowing them. I've heard. Uh, you're allowed to apply for them. Right. But it's a difference to get them. Mm-hmm. Here's the here's the headline today. Marines say they're being crushed over vaccine refusal, a political purge. Uh, that's one I believe a retired military person is saying. Um, to date, 169 Marines have been discharged for refusing the vaccine, and thousands more face the same fate after the Department of Defense's mandate on active duty service members went into effect for the Marine Corps. On November 28th, there are roughly now, according to the story, it goes on to say 10,000 Marines that have refused or are waiting for exemption, uh, exemption, uh, religious exemption, um, uh, their applications to come back down. But can you imagine if 10,000 Marines are forced out? Already the Air Force, as uh, I think this was a couple of months ago, 1,200 are going to be forced out. All because... They won't take a experimental shot in the arm. Right. How is that helping our military? If I was a betting man, as Brother Don, our founder, often has has said through the years, if I was a betting man, I would say it's also affecting the recruitment ability. Oh, sure. Of getting people into the military as well. Yeah, and we've already been uh, having an issue, and this goes back a number of years, uh, where we're, you know it's not as easy to find people that are necessarily – um, we tend to be a little overweight, a little yeah. out of shape compared to, you know, our, our, the people that came before us that <laughs> served in the military. Boot camp solves some of that, but some people have underlying health problems uh, today that they didn't necessarily have back in the, let's say, 70s, 60s, uh, stuff like that, based on our diet and the fact that we don't do things the same way um, our ancestors did. So there's a number of things facing the military, and this is a concern because uh, you have China, uh, being China, wanting to do things that may or may not uh, require U.S. military involvement as a response. Uh, Iran is still Iran. North Korea is still North Korea. Russia, uh, Vladimir Putin somewhere is, you know, taking a selfie with a shirt off, flexing over something. I don't know. There's a number of bad actors on the stage that we might have to respond to. And if we don't have as many people to respond, that is a problem for everybody because everybody uh, listening to this program and certainly everybody across the country you know, we're going to be impacted by not having a large military force. Yes. So be praying for our folks in the military. Uh, this 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 could mean a lot of them are thrown out. Now, Joe Biden initially, when he talked about mandates for the military, he wanted dishonorable discharges. Yes. Which, which would have went on their record as they tried to get a job in the private sector. Mm-hmm. A dishonorable discharge is almost like... Yeah, I've been sentenced to a crime. Oh, yeah. It basically, I mean, good luck getting a job, um, yeah. a, a decent job, making a decent wage, try to raise a family, start a family, yeah. stuff like that. If you've got dishonorable discharge uh, on your resume, the Lord be with you in terms of getting a good job. Thankfully, Republicans and some Democrats, I believe, too, fought that. And so at least yes. that's not there. But be praying for our folks in the military. They don't have the ability to many in the private sector to has their ability to fight. Now there is a uh, a one of the Christian legal firms that's representing Navy SEALs. Yeah, two of them. Uh, Liberty Council, I think, is the one that has the widest or the largest number of Navy SEALs. Right. Uh, in their case, uh, and that one also involves federal contractors and private sector workers. 
But uh, First Liberty Institute out of Texas also is representing some Navy SEALs. Uh, so two different uh, situations in two different parts of the country. All right. Uh, let's get on to some other big stories. One of the first things that Joe Biden did when he became president uh, was shut down the Keystone Pipeline. Right. Throwing thousands out of work. That was his first step to appease his far, far, far radical left portion of the Democratic Party that basically wants to destroy uh, the fossil fuel industry in this country. Yeah. Um, And this really is the northern leg that's been in legal limbo for years. I mean, it started under the George W. Bush administration, 2008-ish, and then it carried over into the Obama administration. Obama frowned on it, but he went to the southern portion, which runs from Oklahoma down into the Gulf Coast refineries, went there for a photo op wearing his bomber jacket, sunglasses and talked about hey, well, it was a great thing for all of the above energy joe biden frowns on anything that is above um, alternative energies if it's a fossil fuel joe biden doesn't like it one of the reasons of being is because joe biden believes that our use of fossil fuels is resulting in more emissions into the atmosphere which is causing bigger more powerful storms and therefore what he calls man-made climate change uh, he's long been of that opinion Uh, That's nothing new, but he really uh, wants to combat what he calls the problem. Uh, And one of the ways that he wants us to do that is to drive more electric vehicles uh, and change the way we power our homes and stuff like that. One big problem there is we tend to still get a lot of our electricity from fossil fuels. So he's wanting to combat climate change with fossil fuels, uh, if you want to look at it that way. I remember the example, one of the, uh, well, if the mainstream media was doing its job, it should have been horrendously embarrassing and this was was it the head of um general motors they had a press conference with an electric car and yes Mm -hmm. uh, i i love this story anyway they had this press conference and she was so proud because i think she was introducing the latest model of electric car for gm and so she you know she plugs it in and and uh, there's one there's a few good reporters in this country. And and this reporter said, okay, you're plugging in your car and uh, the, the, the extension cord goes to this building. Yeah. Uh, where are you getting the electricity from? Well, I'm getting it from the building. And then he said, well, where's the electricity that's going into the building coming from? And finally she got the point. It was coming from fossil fuels. Yeah. So let's let's be very clear, folks. You know, all Joe Biden is trying to do is appease the far left, the the you know the green machine uh, that's taken over the Democratic Party. Here's the problem: when Donald Trump was president, he made this country energy independent. When he left office, we were exporting oil. Yeah, we had an abundance of oil. Now we've got Joe Biden asking Russia to produce more oil asking the Saudis to produce more oil because everybody knows gas prices have skyrocketed across the country. How do you go to the people in this this coming fall, November 22, saying, well, gee, that was a success. You're now paying 40 cents, 50 cents more for gasoline. Is that a winning point? Yeah, um, it's not. I actually talked to uh, the guy from Gas Buddy uh, just before coming on the show. Gas Buddy is a... A website like AAA, which uh, follows gas prices. They actually have a forecast out for 2022 that finds the national average for gas is going to be somewhere around 349 in 2022. 
That's the national average. It could be more. It could be less, depending on where you are. But that's about 50 cents more than what this year's national average was. That will be an issue that some people take with them into the voting booth next year. Uh, I mean, there are going to be some environmentalists that are going to go in there and be unhappy with Joe Biden because he didn't do enough uh, to combat climate change. Talking about him uh, going to Russia and asking them for help and OPEC and stuff like that, uh, you know, produce more oil so we can reduce our problems here. Um, and earlier this year, Reuters had a story out that said the president was appealing to our allies over in Europe asking them to go after the minerals and the metals that are needed to go into electric vehicle engines. Yes. Now, okay, I'd rather get it from an ally than a country that doesn't like us or, or wants to undermine us. But the the problem there is we as a country are sitting on basically the Saudi Arabia of metal metals and minerals. Mm-hmm. So you're telling our European allies, you people go and do all this and create jobs and help your economies so that way we can drive EVs and feel better ourselves. When we could be going after our own stuff with American workers uh, and doing it in a better, cleaner way than a lot of countries do, it, it makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I understand he's the president for everybody, but he's trying to please a radical environmental base that is so few in number, it just it's 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 almost an insignificant voting block. There's a lot more people out there. Um then there are radical environmentalists, but and, he wants to please them. And it's not just when you go to fill up your car with gas. We have to remember that when fuel prices go up like this, it affects the price of your groceries. It does. It affects your prices for all commodities mm-hmm. that are out there. So that's that's why people are paying more for their groceries. They're paying more for these commodities because it costs more to ship those things to oh, market. Sure. Yeah, and, you know, I could... I could go out today and buy an electric vehicle and probably qualify for some sort of federal or state assistance um, to be able to bring that payment down. But that means you, taxpayer, are responsible for my car payment, basically. We're all we're all chipping in, and they're using our money for this and that. Um, it's not your job to finance my car. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, listen, I drive a diesel. I, I bought a diesel car in 2019. It wasn't a problem then. But when gas started going up, I I started to worry a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that is an issue I think a lot of people are dealing with. And you're right. It, it affects the price of groceries. It affects the price of clothing. I mean, everybody needs undergarments and food to eat. Yeah. And all those things I just mentioned are going up because of higher gas prices. And also because grocery stores... If they haven't already done so, they're going to be paying workers more money come next year because a lot of places, states and cities, uh, connect their minimum wage to inflation. So when things go up, people get a bump in pay. You know, none of this is good news for the Democrats as we head into an election in November of 2022, uh, which is probably why at least 23 Democrats have already announced they're not going to run again. And when you have a margin of about five in the House right Mm -hmm. now, that's not good news for the Democrats. But let's you know stop and think. We only got a few minutes left in the program. I know. What can Joe Biden go to the public with? We've got pandemic didn't work out. It's still there. The viruses, are, many people say that we're going to have viruses from now until the Lord returns. Right. All right. So we got that. The economy, people are, are noticing uh, their paycheck doesn't go as far anymore. You know, we talked about the military a moment ago. Yesterday, you know, the Pentagon announces we're going to give our, our military people a 2% raise increase. 
Well, isn't that nice? Inflation is 6%. They're still 4% behind. Yeah, and their job is intention upon them getting the shot. Getting yeah. the shot. And then, not to mention Contingent. the disaster on our southern border. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going on down there? So what is it that Joe Biden goes to the public with? What what, what does he have to I'm celebrate? Not, I'm not a mean tweeter. <laughs> I mean, literally. I don't, that's the only thing I can think of off the top of my head. Anyway, a lot of people didn't like Donald Trump because he was brash and he did things that they found to be unpresidential. Yes. And, you know, we can all debate and, you know, that that is a conversation to have. But if that's the reason why you voted against Donald Trump, uh, you're really paying for that decision right now because everything that you need in order to live and work is up based on his, the policies of the person that defeated Donald Trump. You know, and it's going to get harder and harder for the mainstream media, which has been basically lapdogs for the Biden administration. The super PAC. Yeah, it's going Democrats. to be harder and harder for them even to put a positive spin on any of this. I mean, you've got a country that's growing hmm, very angry with being shut down. Yeah. Very angry with mandates. Very angry with being told, just get the shot and everything will be all right. And now we know that's not true. Yeah. One example of Democrats uh, getting help from the media is the media always points out when cases are going up in Ron DeSantis' Florida, but they yes. never point out New York or California. I think, the, you know, Americans are smarter than, a whole lot smarter than what the Biden administration thinks they are. And uh, one of our jobs here at American Family Radio is to tell you the truth of what's going on out there, folks. And Lord willing, as the Lord tarries, uh, we plan to do that in the new year. And remember... Uh, keep up the fight, folks. That's why we're here. We are here to be salt and light in all things. Hey, it's been great to be with you today. Fred Jackson sitting in for Walker. Don't get a chance to talk to you again. Have a great New Year's. And we'll be here for you, Lord willing, in the new year 2022. Bye for now. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.